let's kick this off in style. So welcome, welcome, welcome back. I don't know whether to announce this as a bang of the hound or not, um, because this could be something different. This could even be like, you know, a, a Rise of the Guardians podcast. Who the hell knows? We'll see how I choose to brand it. We'll determine what I release it as. Welcome, so welcome, welcome. Either welcome to a new episode of the Bang of the Hound. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the first episode of the Rise of the Guardians. Delete is appropriate. I'll mix that shit in. We'll release that later on. It's good. <laughs> so obviously today it's uh, awesome. I've got my boys on. This was actually full disclosure with regards to this interview. This was Rich's idea. So um, there was a video that came out, um, which we're going to get into, um, that was the arrest in Rochester. Uh, the, yeah, I haven't yeah. found the, the full one yet. I've so. actually, I've got one, which is as close as I can get to the footage. So I'm actually going to share that and put that one up short. Let me see if, um, it, I'll, I'll see which one you have in. Then, uh, I've got the two. I've got the 302 one that's on YouTube, which might be the unabridged one. But there we go. We'll just Hold on, let me leave that in the background for right now. But that was the genesis of the suggestion. Now, for anyone that doesn't know, um, I'll introduce myself first, um, although if you found a link on my page, I hope you know who I am. Um, my background in law enforcement, I did 20 years um, before I left uh, to teach martial arts full time. I was formerly in the United Kingdom, where I was uh, obviously a street cop and I was a detective over there too. Then I moved to Canada and I did my, uh, the remainder of my service here. So I told I did 11 years Canada and a little under nine over in the UK. Um, there was a brief pause in the middle which isn't that interesting um so Dee, do you want to give us a little bit of your spiel and background with which your uh, your knowledge and experience comes from yes yes absolutely um i'm i'm daryl burden everyone i've been in public service law enforcement for i don't know maybe about 15 plus years uh ranging from uh, the probation parole side of things i also uh did clinical work but it was with the uh with law enforcement as well going out with them and doing crisis calls anything from hostage to uh working with people with uh, uh emotional disabilities and things of that that nature crisis calls currently i'm the uh, police academy coordinator so i run a police academy in california and i've been doing that for about the last three years Awesome, awesome. Um, I'll, I'm going to start calling you Lassad, just so you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and Rich, again, uh, if you give a quick spiel and introduction to you, just to give some context. Uh, so those who don't know me, uh, Richard Moore um, spent almost 10 plus years in the military, uh, search and rescue, um, Naval Special Warfare Development Group, Dev Group. So if you're familiar with that, you, you'll know what that group is. Um, got out for a little while, tried to get away from that military public service style things, but got drugged back into it. Um, now I work uh, as a critical care medic down in Atlanta and uh, actually getting ready to go work with SWAT down for Atlanta PD. So, oh, nice. so, uh, and that's, that's my spiel. So there. <laughs> awesome. Um, and the reason that's important to get out of the way up front is too often, especially when discussion pieces come in, the context and the background of the individual making the observations, the comments and the criticism is missing. Or when they do give it, often it's from an area where their hands-on expertise or their frontline expertise isn't necessarily present, if it is indeed present at all. 
Now, not that there's anything wrong with that. I'm not suggesting in any way, shape or form, you have to have been a 10 year veteran or you have to have been, you know, walk a mile in my shoes before you judge me kind of situation. I do subscribe firmly to the belief that you don't have to be a plumber to tell someone that they have a leaky pipe, but you do have to be a plumber to let them know how they're going to fix it properly. Um, and that's kind of the approach I take to this sort of thing too as well. Now, all three of us, um, I suppose we, it was through PFS really, um, if you think about when we first yeah. kind of came together and did that. Um, and we've just stayed in touch ever since. Obviously myself and Dee represent Super Sing and the AA and Rich, we, we've been tight ever since we like, first met way back there anyway. So um, we just always maintain that relationship. And it came out, again, myself and I think me and Dee first broached this topic when we were first in the police together ourselves. We talked about kind of looking at a way of changing the way things are done from a tactics perspective. And I know, Rich, from your experience, both in the military and um, as an EMT, who you guys get the shit even the police don't want to fucking deal with. It's uh, <laughs> it's, um, well, well, it's like the other day, you know, it's one of those things. EMS, um, doesn't matter how far your certs go up, you could still get called to do the lowest thing, which yeah. we got called to take this lady home the other day. Um, and it's like, you get one of those things that just, we got to the ER, she's got bed bugs on her in the ER. Okay. And see, I see you shaking your head down there. So yeah, <laughs> scratching already home. and I wasn't even there. <laughs> we, we get her home, man. And she's got bed bugs in the bed and it's just like, I'm like, oh, I'm like, give, give me a gunshot wound. Give me a stabbing. You know, something I, I I would deal with that all day before I deal with bed bugs. Wow. Like I mean, it was just like I'm spraying myself down, wiping myself down. I'm just like mm. I would rather take the extreme stuff than you know stuff like that. It's it's funny. I mean, D, I'm pretty sure you've had shit like that as well. It's those instances and those encounters where yeah. you don't feel clean for days. Yeah, it's it's yeah. <laughs> So as soon as he, as soon as he was just telling that story, I immediately thought to a guy that nobody wanted to get a call on with this guy because his lice was so bad. Oh my gosh! I'm literally, it was so bad that you know we we were trying to get a court order to cut his hair, and because it was so maddening, the stuff was jumping. It was mm -hmm. bad. It, nobody wanted to take this dude in and or or even deal with his ass. So they, everybody always prayed, please don't let this be X, Y, and Z that we're that we're <laughs> responding to. Because you can see the lice and the the bugs. It was just like it was eating his skin. They were matted in his hair. And this is when I was in Oregon. Uh, you know, it, it it takes a it takes basically pretty much a court order for you to have to cut somebody here because that's considered their personal property yes. like that that is exactly. an infringement upon their free their civil rights which right? so basically as well isn't it you know yeah right so it was so bad uh, that they were trying to the doctors the hospitals they were trying to get a court order to do it um and the the, the judges wouldn't budge i mean it it was serious though but it was oh man so when he was talking to, about this story i can visually see this stuff like popping off this dude the light oh god and you got make your skin crawl in. Oh man, <laughs> and you got to take him in on a on a on a psychotic hold, and you got to. I was like, "Oh Lord, help us." At, at the risk yeah. of making the conversation too scatological, 
there was a shutdown in the very first service I worked at Kent Police back in the UK. They had to shut down and fumigate the entire cell block because uh, there was an infestation of pubic lice. Um, <laughs> it, it like. <laughs> And when they say infestation, they mean you can see little shits moving, and, and oh, so yeah. they just had. To, but this is again, and I'm not. In, I'm not trying to make light of it, although you find the dark humor in all things these days. It's that side of things that often isn't explored with regards to tactics and things. And it's like, you know, do you want to touch this guy? Maybe talk, maybe talking to them a little bit, you know. <laughs> if everybody was covered in, in like feces and lice, there'd be a lot less use of force reports going in. It's like, okay, maybe I could just talk you down from this, you know, and see what happens. Maybe we should use well, that as our baseline. Imagine they're covered in shit. Do you really want to? I, 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 I tell people, I'm like, you know, your skills don't mean crap at three o'clock in the morning when you got a six foot two, 300 pound psych patient naked covering their own feces because it's like, yeah, I I ain't touched it. Like, <laughs> yeah, man. And the funny part is about those stories is when, when everybody's on the scene, and when they say, "Okay, we gotta," you know, somebody gotta take them into custody. Everybody looks at the rookie like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> Did you ever? I'm assuming. Do you guys ever have the rule like you touch it, it's yours? So as soon as one person touches it, it's like, "Yeah, we can go on now" because they did it first. That's theirs. <laughs> You gotta search them, man. Yeah, Sorry. Now they're yours. All of them. All right. No, we, I mean we we have a we have a critical care truck. Our our truck is probably about a about a four hundred thousand dollar truck. So it's like like they're not going in ours. Like <laughs> you guys got it. Go. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, well, at the risk of bumming the vibe, because um, we could literally just sit here and shoot the poop all day, I'm sure Simon wouldn't object to hearing the horrific war stories that we're throwing out there. Um, I'll, I'll bring some context behind to what we're doing. Now, I will warn anybody that's watching the video replay of this before I play it. This is not a pleasant video that you're going to be seeing right now. This relates to the arrest of a nine-year-old girl in Rochester, New York. Now, she was being called. Uh, sorry, the call was to her house. It was a mental um, health call. A mental health call, basically, yeah. yes. Um, and um, she was, there was an issue in the house. So there was a kid kicking off, you know, and obviously there was some um, issues. She's nine. Yeah, I mean, she, she, well, she's nine, yeah. I mean, holy crap, if we got called every time I not 10-year-old kicked off, we'd be, just have a station in my hallway. Um, but when you couple that with the complexities of she has, um, she's on a spectrum, I believe. Um, I can't remember. There's something that complicates it. She's not. Well, see, I didn't. I, I didn't. Anything I read, never. Nothing ever said anything about her being on the spectrum. Maybe I've got this mixed up with something else. But the the, the fact is, it was a removal from the home. Um, uh, well, I think there there was a. It's it. It was a not a custody dispute, but she's living with the mother, from what I read. Yeah. And she wanted to see her father. That was and it. Then, so I, I've got it. So the original 911 was a dispute at the house. The she daughter, threatened to hurt herself. It was the fight that's what, between... That's what the mother said. Yes, it was a fight between the mother and the stepfather. And the mother said that they need some mental health assistance. Now we go, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of coming back to it. It's, it's, it's coming on. So that was the genesis. So it's a call to a home, not in relation necessarily um, to anything that was or wasn't, that had, had or hadn't happened. It was more like, you know, She's having a mental health crisis. She's kicking off. Can we get some help and assistance, please? So that's the background to the call. I'm going to link in the video right now. It is disturbing. This is not a pleasant watch. 
Okay, so that's fair warning for anyone in advance. If you're listening to the audio of this, you will be a cut because there doesn't seem to be an awful lot of point in leaving that on. But, and, I mean, or I, I may leave it I mean, so you can hear it. Anybody here, I mean, I, I don't know about Simon, but um, if you've ever been sprayed in the face with pepper spray, it, it, it's it's no joke. It, it's, oh, hell no. As a grown man, you know, it it, it's, it's no joke. So you can imagine a, a nine-year-old girl. It's like, it, honestly, why? I've taken CS and pepper. Um, I'll take CS any day over pepper spray. Pepper spray is just the nastiest. I actually got, when we, we did the academy, so I'm, since Jay trying to bring the conversation around and takes it off on a tangent again. Oh, In the academy, and I'm sure, uh, D, you'll be able to confirm this as well with the way you work with your guys. We have to get pepper sprayed for exposure purposes because that means yeah. if you hit somebody with it and you get cross-contaminated, you're braced, you recognize it, and you can kind of yeah. like get, get the breathing down and control. I'm, I'm, yeah, so you guys do that as well, correct? Yes, yeah, and we also have the option. It's not compulsory, but if you want to do it, you can do it. If you can ride for five, and you can take the fifty thousand, and so you know what a taser feels like. So you know, don't necessarily go so sparky happy. Um, do you guys do that as well? No, that's not mandatory. I wish we could. Yeah, for us, every department does their own thing with the taser. Right. Okay. Well, we have the choice, and I volunteered for it. I wished I hadn't shortly afterwards, but I did volunteer. For it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh man, dickhead here. I'll take the taser over OC any day. I'll See, all the way around. All the way around. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll do. I'll do the OC because it, it's like, dude, that's the best I could breathe for three months. Yeah. <laughs> I was bad on Everything the OC. The, the taser wiped me out. But I'm, I'm giving context behind that because we we're exposed to a lot of this stuff in the academy. None uh -huh. of this is pleasant. And the reason I mentioned taser is because it was like that, which one I preferred. And yeah. I just I it, it, it was bad. So. Anyway, this is not a pleasant experience, and it's not um, a pleasant video. <laughs> what I want you to pay attention to as you're listening is her vocals and what she's saying. Um, we'll touch on this in a moment with regards to tactical uses outside this specific incident, but listen to her verbals and her vocals. Okay, so that's very important. Just stop. Please, I will get your dad. Okay? No, you said that you were going to pepper spray 
got her. I got her. Wow. Pause it. Go back for a second. Pause it. Go back. Oh. Just, just like maybe 10 seconds. Okay. And get ready to pause it for a second. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you when. No, uh, let it go. I, I'll tell you when to pause it. Pause it. Okay, so you got one, two, three, four, five officers. I think there might be a sixth one there. Yeah. So go ahead. Let now you can let it play. So, so we got six officers on the scene. Looks like four cars, five cars maybe. Yeah, it could be seven. I I, I think I counted seven in one video. Yeah. Okay. So there's one, two, three cars, four cars, including that. Jay, if you um, that one I put in the chat comments. If you pull that one up next, sure. um, let's watch that one next before we go through the whole comments. Sounds good. Okay. You know what? That doesn't get any easier to watch. Uh, no, not it, it. It really does not. Uh, let me see if I can pull the chat up. Screen sharing. I'm going to have to stop it and reshare it, I think. Okay. Oh, hang on, there's more. Oh, no, got it, got it, got it, got it. Got it. Got the chat, right. Um, let's bring this one up. Hawk. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Oh. Or uh, Siggy's yogurts to uh, disappear across screens. Siggy's. 40% less sugar. Like we need another yogurt. I should actually charge him advertising for that. You know, <laughs> some shocking video of a New York police pepper spraying a nine-year-old girl in custody. The girl's family called 911, fearing she would harm herself or others. Well, police released edited video of this event, and we can't independently confirm what happened before or after it was taken. Now, a warning: the body camera video you're about to see is disturbing. And mom's saying she's making suicidal statements. Come here. A child threatening to harm herself, trying to run away. It seems like a textbook mental health emergency, yet it wasn't handled by mental health professionals. This was not an incident where the PIC team would have been called because of the type of initial call to 911. Just a week ago, Rochester Mayor Lovely Warren launched the person in crisis response team of the city. But because the girl originally threatened to harm herself and her mother, patrol officers were sent out instead. Police tried to calm her down, but officers say she resisted. And she did run in the initial contact with her, the officer was making an effort to try to get her secure where we can get her some assistance. What is going on? How can I help? After the child refused to put her feet in. Sorry, I'm just going to pause that a second. <sighs> okay, so, uh, and 
I'm going to let it run in a minute, Rich. It's yeah, the, the, but the, if you look at that first video that you showed in this one here, you can actually see the one officer was trying to make it, you know, an effort to yep. avert the situation. But in that first video, you can hear, which it may have been the senior officer on scene, you know, he, he seemed agitated with the whole situation. He didn't want to be there. No, he didn't. And he wanted, he, he was kind of like forcing the hand of the others. What gets which, you on this? I'm going to let this run in a minute, but it's a very specific comment that the chief made there that I'm actually going to come back to, which is they try to get her in control um, to get her help. Okay. Now, okay. I'm sure you all saw what I did when they were trying to get, and again, I have to say this, nine-year-old child. Cuffed. Mm -hmm. Cuffed. Just have to throw that out there, okay? Because I'm, I am going to come back to it. As you can probably tell from the pitch in my voice, it kind of grips my shit. So I'm going to come back to that, all right? But I just, I, I just couldn't let that one go on without just as, as much a, a placeholder for my own thought process as anything else. I'm going to let it roll. Side of the patrol car. This from one of the responding officers. At one point, one of the officers told the nine-year-old, you're acting like a child. She can be heard responding, I am a child. There's nothing that anyone can Okay, say. now this here, this... It's inappropriate. The police union president is defending the officer's... Yeah, act that, that, that irks me right there. <laughs> oh, man. People, whatever they are, arrived, what would they do? How can they restrain? They don't restrain her, you fucking idiot. They talk to her. Jesus fucking Christ. Sorry. How can they stop her? This comes 10 months after 41-year-old Daniel Prue died while being restrained by Rochester police officers with a spit hood over his head. The department's chief and entire command staff resigned after Prue's death last March. Now, all eyes are back on the Rochester Police Department once again. Okay, I'm just going to... Stop that one right now before my blood pressure goes any higher. So, <laughs> as we can see, Jay tends to respond quite viscerally to these things. So, obviously, first responses on that. I mean, it's absolutely harrowing. So, Dee, I'm going to throw to you, bro, because myself and Richard are talking lots. Um, so, I'm going to throw to you on this one. So, you've seen this before, obviously, as well. We just watched oh, yeah. it. And then, what, what are you thinking, bro? What do you got? Ah, man. Um, <clears throat> this is just a, it, it was a clusterfuck all the way around. And the, you know, the bad thing about video is we, we always get when the, we always get the, the action clips. We never get what happens before, you know, said so the moments and the minutes before. For sure, for sure. So if we're just judging the video at face value with, with what, we've, what we've been given in public, what we've, been, what we've seen, um, yeah, it was just a complete clusterfuck. And I have a, I, I have some different views on some things. Um, one of the things would be, because I've been on both in terms of the mental health side mm -hmm. and the law enforcement side, so I can, I can, I can straddle both uh, fairly well. And the cuffing, I don't have as much a problem with it if the person, if, even if it's a child, is actively slicing themselves, trying to harm themselves, trying to 
I don't, uh, no, I'd go with that, but it, right, you know, what I'm saying? I, so that, yeah, 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 and, and yeah, yeah, good. I'm not saying that she shouldn't have been cut because she okay. was nine. Yeah, that okay. that itself isn't a disqualifier, but in this okay, specific situation, we'll yes. flush it out as we get into it. I hear what you're saying, bro. Absolutely, absolutely. So that was the one thing with that, um, and then what really took it overboard. I mean, because there's several things from the video from the beginning to where they got to OC and her that was just totally wrong, that, that just escalated the situation to where it needed to go. But the other part of where it was really, really cruel, where I thought it really tipped into a cruel and unusual punishment, civil rights type issue, is when they OC'd her, this young girl that's already cuffed, and in the back of the car, they closed the fucking doors in on her. Yeah. That's like a fucking <laughs> gas chamber. Yes. And we've all felt the what OC is. So are you, that's what was really, really like, truly You're, you're Dutch ovening her, like in a, in a really, really, really bad way. Yes. Yes. I mean, that she could have died from asphyxiation. Like, who knows what the reaction is with her young body and her, her young looks like, that was just so sinister to me. And, and I, you know, and I don't want to think, I don't, the officers weren't thinking. That's the no. problem. And if they were thinking, there's a problem with their thinking that we have to, that, that, that needs to be corrected. You know, I, I don't think that they were like, we're going to just torture this, this young girl with the doors because they just did it. And that therein lies the problem. Why did you think that that would be okay to do? I, I... It's what the issue is i think that brings up a larger point and it might be a time to do it now we could car park it but i'll raise it right now mm -hmm. do you think the officers were looking at this as a nine-year-old girl in obvious distress that needed dealing with or was it we've been a call this is our subject so they took all age or everything out of it it's like subject needs dealing with deal with subject subject dealt with they they almost fall into rote pattern behaviors do you think it's as much to do with that or in that training methodology well i mean like let's go back to what i said earlier if you watch that first video and you watch the second video you have the one officer that is you could tell by his demeanor he, he's trying to help this girl mm -hmm. you know um but you've also got the other one egging him on which is to me again i, I don't know i didn't know i don't know what their hierarchy is in the video but it seemed like the, the agitated one may have been the senior officer or something else. But, again, I, I think the one was trying to help, and the others were just like, hey, let's just – she's, you know, this is the call. Let's just get it done, get our way so we can go back to doing whatever it is we were doing. Now, here's my question. When you're going to a call and you're on the way to a call, you don't know what you're going into, pump the gas – get the lights on, turn up. When you get there, and the situation is now, you, but what you got in front of you, my question is always the same. What's the rush? Well, like with, with EMS, you've got, and I'm, I'm sure within you know, law enforcement, it's uh, when you get that call, you, you do what's what called scene size up. So you, you, start, sure. you start planning ahead of time once you get that call you see that those notes come up like okay i should expect something like this this and this i'm gonna need to take this this and this or you know 
you know, do this or that action. Um, I, I just, there's something that just doesn't sit with, sit right with me about the whole situation because mm-hmm. you look at you, you like seven, like D said, seven officers, seven of them out there. No one stood up and took charge. No. <laughs> um, plus, I think three of them have been suspended. So I, I believe it's the one uh, doing the cuffing, uh, the female, and the uh, the agitated one. Yeah. I'm, I'm guessing he's like 25 years in and full of piss and vinegar uh, is my, yeah. my personal guess. But I, and this, and, and I, I hate to, to do this, but and I'll, I'll ask Dee's uh, advice on this one. Do you feel that because she may, she she's not not a not a young white girl, uh-huh. all white officers. This is Rochester, New York, not known for their uh, <laughs> yep uh-huh. their correctness up there. Do you feel that that might have played a factor into this? It's quite possible. It's quite possible. There's been several studies um, by the American Psychological Association, studies uh, done by UCLA that speak to the, the, dehuman, the dehumanizing uh, factor that many law enforcement have towards African-American people. So for instance, like this is a young girl that's nine, but they look at her as African-American, doesn't matter. We're just going to we're, we're just going to go hardball. Like it doesn't matter. Policing in a hood. We police the hood a certain way. And that's, the yeah. Way yeah. And that's it. Well, I mean, if, if, they, if you've ever been to Rochester, it's, it's oh, yeah. certain parts of it. They're just, Oh yeah. They're still stuck in like the 1940s. Exactly. With the, with the mentality, with the mentality. Um, and in those, within those studies as well, they talk about how young, especially young males um, that say, for instance, like the Tamir Rice, who was a young adolescent boy, but, they, uh, African-American males, I mean, uh, young children are viewed like three to four years older than what they really are, mm-hmm. just because, you know, and they test for all type of variants. And these tests are valid. I mean, these are coming from uh, top tier schools with these studies. And like I said, from the APA, like they set the groundwork for psychological stuff. Like, you know, so if they're saying that this stuff is out there, it's out there. Like, there's no, like, denying these biases that people say I'm that probably that worse than they're actually finding it, too, as well, because, right. you, you know? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So I, I wouldn't doubt it. I, I they, It would possibly, I would, I would not take that away, um, that that would be added to that, because I don't see that. We, ne- we never see that happen to uh, a young white child. It just, it just... Again, had, had this been a had this been a young white girl, you know, I think it would have been extremely blown up all over the news. Yeah. Oh man, I think it would have happened. Or, or that, or that. <laughs> I mean, I mean, honestly, I mean, honestly speaking, you're, yeah, you guys. I mean, you guys are both hitting the the right points. It just doesn't happen, and you try not to say like, at least from my point of view, you know, because you know, I. I I'm African American and I work on, you know, I work, I work in law enforcement. And so I try to look at all the variances like, eh, man, maybe, but the, the truth of the matter is it doesn't happen 
to anybody else necessarily unless you have brown or either brown skin or you know of a darker hue it just it just doesn't so it lends you to want to be like sometimes it's like okay man like okay it, it gotta this has to play a part yeah i 100 agree i'm not asterisking for any other reason than to give Uh than to give some cultural context outside of the u.s i think if you put this in an inner city suburb in the uk um like uh liverpool or some of the slums in manchester and things like that as well although they do have a heavy um, um mixed ethnicities you would possibly find this done to um, a, a, a white girl or a white boy or a young white youth, not because of any ethnic, but because it's a poverty issue. And right. I think in the States, and again, I'm not in any way trying to make this not about race because you can't get away from no, it. No, but it's, really it's can't. But I think it's sometimes it's poverty, cultural, environmental concerns that mm-hmm. actually reflects the level of the policing that that area gets. It's like if I'm going to an affluent, rich neighborhood, the expectation of the way I conduct myself will be different than, and this is for better or worse, if I go yeah. to like a fucking shithole council estate in middle of Manchester and things like that as well. And I've seen that same mentality going in, like, oh, fuck, we're going to the, you know, the, the war zone now. Jesus, what, what am I going to get with now? Versus there's an incident that happens there and there's almost a, a belief that, okay, this one could go south because they might complain about us. So let's just go uh, unconsciously. Yeah. The officers will put their own hierarchy of response within that. And it's wrong. Yeah. But I think as human beings, we tend to do it. We tend to mm-hmm. evaluate the, the outcomes of a given situation. If we go in with a given behavior. So mm-hmm. I'm not trying to diminish that aspect of it, but I want to put it aside for one moment. For the simple fact that it's fucking huge. It, it, I mean, if we start shipping into that one, we're going to be there all day on it. I yeah. want to, come to the tactical considerations that are going in here. Okay. Yeah. And D, it's your perspective. I'm really fascinated on hearing on this because my experience in the UK and Canada, and although I'm qualified as a use of force expert in the US, I don't have that same emotional experience. So I don't yeah. tend to speak to it as much. I speak mm-hmm. in general terms, but I don't speak on specifics for the US. Mm-hmm. What we have here is a situation where, for me, we have cuffs being applied to a nine-year-old girl that, at the moment, is not a risk to herself. Yeah. Regardless of the genesis of the call, we have OC deployment from someone who's not even – she's passively resisting. She doesn't want to go. She's not fighting. She's not kicking. She's not screaming. Yeah. So she, you then you, – and you're saying, right, this needs a weapon. Have <laughs> some of that. And you've got seven cops on one nine-year-old girl. And you so everything I'm seeing from a tactical perspective is wrong. None of this fits from my experience from both the UK, from Canada, from a use of force expert, both as a police side of things and a civilian side of things. From a martial arts instructor's perspective, if one of my students came and told me they did this, I would kick nine bells of shit out of them and get them out of my dojo. You're not training with me anymore. Fuck off. So... I'd, I'd be fascinated on from a tactical perspective and purely a tactical perspective viewpoint. What's your skin on this thing? Terrible. Um, what you, you alluded to it earlier in terms of when you made the statement of what's the rush. And that's always mm. something that I say to, uh, to classes when I'm teaching them, when I would teach CIT courses, um, which is, you know, the critical incident training courses, when you're responding to calls like this, when I would, teach you know other things uh in other classes even with my recruits right now my question is always what's the rush 
And in calls like this, when you're dealing with emotionally, when you're working with emotionally disturbed persons, your main benefit is time. Mm. And so I get officers want to rush. I get they don't really want to be dealing with this type of call. It's snowing out there, so they're probably cold as shit, and they don't want to be dealing with this young girl mouthing them off and things like that. But going to the call, when I hear the call come out on the radio, unless the person is actively harming themselves or somebody else, what is the rush when I come up on scene? Calls like these, I think I read that the whole call took like, from when they addressed her uh, and got her in handcuffs at like 10 minutes. This right here call is easily, easy, probably like an hour mm. plus. Mm -hmm. Minimum. Right? Minimum. To avoid, to avoid that exact situation right there. But you got to have officers or uh, personnel, trained personnel that are willing to deal with that. And just it, it most likely is going to be officers because people call 911 because they don't have anybody else to damn call. Right. In, in, in Rochester, you got to think, you got to think in Rochester, you don't have a large EMS um, support area. See? So plus, and if you look at it, that's your snow out there. So there, I don't know what their protocols are up there mm -hmm. that time with that type, but they're not going to send a much needed EMS unit for a mental health thing unless there's an active injury. See? Yeah, there was, there was a couple of other things that occurred to me on this as well, and I'm hearing the vocals coming in. It's like, come on, you're going to jail, really? Is that the age of criminal responsibility yeah. in Rochester, New York? Is nine years old? Yeah, the fuck are you cool. talking about? And then it's like, so not only are you now, so this is the thing as well. At any point, was this girl arrested? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. At any point, was this girl placed and said, "Right, we're taking you into protective custody because you're risk to yourself, you're risk to others." Okay. So right. Established basic Miranda rights at this point. For not that a nine-year-old is necessarily going to understand that, but have we established legal basis, legal operations before we do any action subsequent to that? Yeah. No, nothing. So already we're acting outside of what we should be acting as. Straight away from then, it's like get in the car or I'll pepper spray you. I'm like, is this in the use of force continuum? Is, is I, I saw. I saw when I looked at this video because I actually played this video as a learning moment for my for the recruits. You know, at my end of day briefing, and we broke it down. So, and the video that I showed them, none of the officers that were right there even uh, acknowledged her by name. They didn't yeah. even know her fucking name. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's like, how are you, because you, you, you guys know, you, it, you build a relationship and bond with people if you want to elicit change. Use of force day one. Establish rapport. Yeah, if you don't even know this young girl's name, what, what are we doing here? What are we doing here to try to calm her down? And why not call her fucking dad? That, yes, 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 yes. How about that? Call her dad, dude. What's your dad's name? Get him on the fucking phone. Yeah. What's your dad's number? Okay. Well, what's your dad's number? But the, the, there's so many things that they just had a breakdown and a failure just of what to do and how to do it. It was just so wrong, man. And I, I just, you know, to me, if I would, <laughs> everybody that was out there on that call will be on vacation right now. Yeah. <laughs> well, a nice, if, Pending, I'm sorry, pending I don't being mean fired. You, but if you look at it, if you if you watch that second video that I that one I showed you, that whole department was fired two years ago. Mm -hmm. So for yeah. the, so how many 
were any of those out there from that previous department that got rehired? Yeah. And, you know, maybe Even that's why that, they were standing be, around. They'd be cognizant of it. I mean, the reflective, this exactly. is one thing that policing is notoriously bad for. I and mean, this is global in the UK and Canada, as well as the US, I'm sure. The reflective practice. It's like, well, we done fucked up there. That's it. That's about as far as it goes. And there's nothing else done from it. You know, there's like, have you seen any change fundamentally in tactics other than the thing we're going to come to in a minute in recent years, D? The, the thing, I, J Jay, we, we said this on a previous call that, that you know, when I was uh, with you uh, some time ago. And, and I told you this. I said, one of the main problems with law enforcement is that we don't fucking listen. No. And this is why most of us are on our second and third fucking marriages. Right? I remember I, remember I said that, right? Yeah, most you did. People, yeah, you did. They're on their like third marriage or, or so, paying off, you know, and if they're not married again, they are they're paying like spouses, you know, two and three spouses half their fucking retirement because we don't fucking listen, man. We don't listen and we don't like we don't make the change. We're so hard and making a change and this is one of the things and people say a lot of stuff about the black lives matter movement and things like that and i you know you know i would say this one of the greatest things that came out of that is it elicited it it has elicited elicited change yes in a structure that is so fucking hard and doesn't want to move unless people are uproaring and forcing it to move like why why has it taken so long we we this isn't a mystery to none of us on this call right now. We know that we've had um, problems with law enforcement and emotionally disturbed persons working with them and responding to them. We know our jails are filled with over 50% of them have a diagnosable, like, you know, mental. We know this stuff, right? But nobody, like, we've just been ignoring it for all these years. But all of a sudden, this one group comes along and starts forcing the threshold on, on, on several different things. But that's a main one. And I'm looking at officers, I'm having conversations with officers like, yo, fucker, wouldn't you like to have a mental health person out there with you guys so you can get back to work and go, you know, saying go chase down some criminals and not have to deal with this so I can, so when I show up on the scene, I can clear you from this call, me and my partner can work with this mental health person. Why wouldn't you want somebody like that attached to a department? Why haven't we had that? What, mm -hmm. You know, like for years, well, decades, we know this stuff. But that's back to my original statement. We're so fucking hard-headed. We don't want to listen to what the people are telling us. And the people of which we are a part of, because we are a part of the people, we are them and they are us. Yep. If the masses are saying, yo, some shit needs to change, guess what? Change the shit or work, <laughs> work on it. <laughs> it's not rocket science to us. This is why we probably never... We'll become chief of some shit or, you know what I'm saying, running some stuff. But it's not rocket science, man. Change it. But sorry. <laughs> no, I think you nailed it. I think you nailed no, it. No, and, and you did, exactly. I mean, it's if we work in specific services that, one, you have the old boy system mm -hmm. and passing of the guard. Mm -hmm. So, and it's you know there are those in those systems that will sit there and they will do whatever they can screw whatever they can to get to that position where they can make the policies 
but they really don't want to change the policy from what it is because that's what got them there and that's what's going to keep them there. Uh-huh. And, and, you know, not condoning anything that was done in this video, but, you know, how much of a factor did, uh, let's say, burnout, let's say, play in this? You know, it's like, let's just awesome. get this, let's get the fucking call done with. Yep. You know, oh, yeah. You know, it, it's, but at that point, it's like, okay, me, I'm personally, I'm like, okay, if you're going to pepper spray this kid, you, you, you run a whole list of more paperwork that you've got to do that you've got to, you know, get signed off on. And and just watching the video, I'm like, how can, it's like, you got one officer here, two there, you grab her by her shoulders, pull her in the fucking car, close the door. Oh, voila. Oh, <laughs> it's a spicy, all right, it's done. That's the thing, though. And this is, and I'm not trying to excuse the officer's behavior. I'm really not. Um, and I'll, again, I'll throw something out there. You could never, any point, and I can actually categorically stand by this because there were several times when I virtually got ostracized for this. You couldn't order me to do anything in the police if I didn't want to do it. If I didn't think that was going to be done or needed to be done, I wouldn't do it. And there's a couple of times when someone said cuffer, I said no. And he said she's under arrest. I said you fucking cuffer then, because it was like the the officer had arrested her, and I didn't think she. But long story short, what had happened is it was a domestic call, and there was an argument going on at the house. And um, we turned up, the guy had a warrant, he was being arrested. She was then upset because, of course, she didn't want him arrested. She just wanted the police to come and stop him shouting at her. Anyway, she was getting irate and upset, and she pushed past the officer to go and get her stuff to leave the house. He then said, right, that's assault on police, and, and said, grab the hold and said, cover up. And I said, you fucking cover. That's weak. Yeah. Yeah, it is. That's, uh, but that's like classic contempt of cop scenario. So he yeah. tried to get me, and I was like, no, you cover. You arrested that, you cover. I ain't doing that. Because I don't want anything to do with that complaint that's going to come out of the fact that you illegally arrested somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a couple of other times as well where they was, they would say, go and do X, Y, Z. No, I'm not doing X, Y, Z. If you think he's doing you, go and do it. I ain't doing it for you. Um, in this situation, as cops, we have a duty to save ourselves from ourselves. I'm sure, Rich, with the EMS and the military as well, there's that guy that's right on the precipice. It's like, oh, let's slow you down there, cowboy. And you want to give him a pull back and stop him doing something that they're either going to regret or is going to cause problems down the line. So when you got someone going and say, just spray her already, it's like, no, how about you go over there and talk to mom? Let me handle exactly. it now, you know? One of those other ones standing around should have had that guy and moved him off to the side. Yeah, he, But he was- that goes back to my theory before that he was either the senior officer on scene or you know they were just again it's it it goes back to that one officer that was the agitator so how much of this do we then put back to the training on the officers that they get Uh, what are they being trained to do are they being trained to turn up assess you know observe orient decide are they ordering to a point of you will do as we say because we're the police so they're not they're not tools they're not problem solving they're hammers they're blunt force instruments going in now i'm not excusing individual accountability in this but if they're not being told how to train and do it how can we then expect them to do that job yeah absolutely Absolutely. and i also believe that they got tunnel vision on this too yes um because again had had you stepped back and again i'm seeing what i saw from 
the one camera that we saw facing in the car while you see the other two officers on that side, no one thought to say, hey, just pull her in. You know, again, you, you know, it, it's like when you go to a trauma scene, you know, the biggest thing is to get tunnel vision. You know, you're, you're looking, oh, like, I got a patient over there and his insides are hanging out. You know, that's, that's all you're focusing on. You're not focused on anything around you, what's going on, why that patient's got, you know, why his insides are hanging out. And again, I think that's what happened in this call is that one officer got tunnel vision. The other one was instigating things. And the other one just, I think she just sat back and was submissive in the whole fucking thing. Here's, here's another question, okay? So you got this little girl sat in the car with her legs outside. She won't get in the car. And Put her in the car. She's nine years old. She's no. She, even leaving that aside, she's there already. She sat in the seat. She won't put her legs in. Okay, shut the door on the other side. Stay sat in front of her. Talk to her there. The other six that are sat scratching her ass, go and find dad. Go and find mom. Go and find phone calls. She sat in that car right there, cuffed. Whether I agree with that or not, and I think it's quite clear I don't. She's cuffed, sat down on a hard plastic seat with her feet outside the car. Why does she need to be in it with the doors closed? She's contained. She's controlled. She's not going anywhere. She's not doing nothing. Why do I now need her in the car? Because I've been programmed to say, prisoner in car. Call yeah. it, 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 there's no thought in this at all. There's no common fucking sense coming out. The, 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 the fucking robot, C-3PO, would have done a fucking better job on this. I don't understand. What, why, what is the thought process? Help me out, boys. Help me out. I, Jay, I, 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 here's a one for you, and um, it, it's it's similar to this. Um, and this is actually I, I I know the girl that did this. Mm -hmm. So if you go ahead go ahead pull this one up. This happened a couple of years ago, and I, I know the girl who did this. And she had been fired from jobs before, and. So this this was a mental health call. So um Do I've been to these apartments before. before so. Men a mental health, this is a person in distress call, yes? Yes. Okay. Late breaking. This is Channel 2 Action News at 5 p.m. Coverage you can count on. Police say this body cam video shows an EMT attacking a teenager in the back of an ambulance. Black, black, Shut up! You see, officers had to pull her away. Relax. What is wrong with you? What set her off? And the reason the teenager's parents say he spit on her. But again, everyone, I'm Jovita Moore. I'm Justin Farmer. Now new at five, this police body camera video shows exactly when officers realized the EMT was punching the teen patient in the back of the head. Look hell. Channel reporter Wendy Halloran watched that video from the city of Dunwoody and talked to the victim's parents. They say they're outraged. Police say this video shows emergency medical technician Deanna Williams repeatedly punch a 17-year-old patient in the face. Some <laughs> 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 Woody police officer Lopez hears yelling and screaming and goes to the side of the ambulance and pulls her out. The boy was handcuffed behind his back, restrained at the ankles, on a stretcher as Williams allegedly beat him. <laughs> So I always used to the word allegedly there. It's like, dude, she's on camera whipping the shit out of him. Yeah. <laughs> but she allegedly on it. Um, yeah, she, ha she has a temper. Oh, so. you think? 
With that one, though, I mean, here's the thing. I'm not sympathetic to it in the sense that whatever, but he's cuffed, he's handcuffed, he's shackled. She's not doing anything but getting revenge on this guy now because exactly. it's like, you spit on me, you eat some fists, have some back. Well, and, and the thing is, is like with EMS, okay, so the average EMT school, average EMT school in the U.S. is four months long, four months. Right. Okay. Um, you go advance, which is another five months. Uh, paramedic for me was, uh, I think, 16 months. Again, you're, you're taught, you know, life-saving skills. You touch on mental health skills. But again, it, it, it's once you get out to where you're going, like fire department, um, if you're uh, on a police SWAT backup, or and most of all in a private service, hmm. things are not continually checked. I mean, you got a you got a little computer, you know, you know, um, thing that you got to do every couple months to say, hey, watch a video, check it off, take a little test, and that's it. Hmm. But again, you're not. It, it, it's not touched on, even though that there is a huge rise in mental health calls. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, police are expected to do so much with so little, and but yet they're not trained, you know, to the point that they should be. If you're going to be, if they're going to have to deal with these calls, you know, but I'm not excusing that for you know assault i'm not excusing that for what happened to this little girl but again it does fall back to the point that at what point do you got to sit there and say well they gotta you gotta have this much training before you get out on the streets i mean because uh, what was your account how, how long is your academy be? six months six months okay mm -hmm. so and what's the average age of your your recruits about 20 20, 23 yeah. or so. Yeah. So you're expecting, you know, and I'm not saying you, but I'm saying they're expecting someone to come, you know, who's fairly young in life, mm -hmm. who may not have, you know, all that anger issue stuff under control, but they've got enough of it. And you, you, you want to sit them out there to somebody that, you know, is, again, like this little girl. I rate they, they may never have dealt with that stuff, even in life. It's honestly, I'm trying to figure out what I'm trying to say here, but it's, no, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm picking up what you're saying, Rich. It's like it's I almost so. setting them up for failure. Yeah, it's it's like where where do you draw the line at um, at training? It's like you you can't be training all the time because like you've got to have a life. You know what I'm saying? But again, this is also, and I tell people this, this is the profession you choose. Mm -hmm. So there, there is going to, you have some prestige with being a police officer, the military, you know, paramedic, nurse, doctor, things like that. That, that is the profession you choose. No one's sitting there saying, well, you got to do that. Uh, when you do choose that profession, you have to make that sacrifice to continually train yourself.
As a question related to that, D, what was your requalification like, or what is your requalification like for your, your officers once they're out? Which uh, of with uh, recall with in with regards to what like what do they have to continue yeah. education units? Uh, yeah, I'll qualify. So okay, so what's your so presumably you have firearm requalification. Okay. Use okay. of force requalification. Yeah. Um and law refreshers. What, yes. What's your what's your policy and scheduling on those? So it depends. It depends. Every department is different. There's a baseline of what post like our. Our governing body, I guess you can say, kind of recommends and what departments do. So let's say for defensive tactics, you are only required, unless it's changed like uh, recently, to do four hours of defensive tactics a year. Is there a one weekend seminar? Expectation within that, like I'll say what Calgary Police Commission's last service I was with. And this sucked a dozen dicks. So I'm going to get that up front. This is, this is, this is absolutely some of the worst requalification ever. Every year you do one use of force requalification. And it is about four hours if the instructors can be bothered doing the full course. If there's not enough people on it, you're done in two. Um, but they pick a theme each year. So if one year it's taser, the next mm-hmm. year could be LVNR, the next year oh, wow. could be whatever. So you don't even requalify on all the facets. It's whatever, whatever the flavor of the year is. You oh, wow. on that year and then there's yeah. a brief little oh we'll throw in a bit of cuffing and a bit of use of force and, t- and that's about it it's some of the weakest tick box qualification i've ever seen in my 20 yeah. yeah you have to have ongoing like say like continuing education units you have to do so many i don't know the exact number uh from post but you have to do so many of those here i want to say like maybe somewhere like maybe 20 or so plus out somewhere around there of continuing education units. And you can just do that online. Like you log in online and the do whatever. Email. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And on the portal, the learning portal. And you but, when you go straight to the quiz at the end of the presentation and just tick the boxes and usually pass nine. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, not that I've done that or anything you understand. Yep. So you got those, <laughs> but departments, departments, Departments themselves generally do more, you know. What I'm saying they 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 make those uh those those rules a little bit heavier, just a tad bit though. Like we're not going overboard with it. So the the bottom line is that it's very minimal, um, and it should be more though, mm. right? Like I'm I've I've begun to think in terms of uh a very highly trained police force doesn't need to have as many players, right? It's kind of like your, yes. your dev group or your SEAL team or your special forces. Look, all I need is 10 solid, stable-minded, good people. And we can quell a lot, right? So what I think has happened mm-hmm. over the years, and it kind of goes back to something that one of you guys has stated earlier, like I think with the with the good old boy system, it was kind of like come one, come all, mm-hmm. right? And we'll get you in. Oh, my my cousin, my uncle, the friends of a friend, and friend of friends. And the level and the, the the level of professionalism, the level of smarts, <laughs> the level of uh, fitness, 
uh, for duty. And I'm the next, next mentally, physically, spiritually, like all that has just like been in the shitter. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, I rather, I would rather us go to who are we hiring first period mm-hmm. and EMT and law enforcement fire, like in these first responders, who are we hiring? Because if we can go back to hiring the right candidate, the right person, a lot of these issues will be alleviated because let me tell you, you can measure for anything on, on psychological aptitude tests now. Anything. Mm-hmm. You can measure for the Napoleon complex person. You can measure for somebody that's too soft. You can measure for somebody that's too angry. You can measure for people that have bias, like strong biases towards certain groups, uh, midgets, fat people, skinny people. Like, you can measure for all of that. Why don't we do that? And I can't come to the, the best conclusion I can come to is, is because we just want it. We, we want people in who we want in and not the right people. Do you think it could also be a case of we want boots on the street, that they just want to get the numbers out there? It's like, well, Absolutely. Yeah. But that kills us though. But that's, oh, what yeah. that's, but that kills us because I would rather have a, a special forces team and not a thousand slap dicks. Well, on this, if you're <laughs> like, like, because it's the slap dicks that's going to give us, that's giving us all these, that's giving us all these issues okay. like this. So, like, if, like, if, so on, if, we, if we double the qualification requirements and double the salary, boom, problem solved. You get, you get the professional person doing it. You pay yes. McDonald's wages, you get not a knock on, on minimum wage, but you yes. pay McDonald's wages, you get McDonald's employee. Yeah. So it, it, and I love the fact that you're going right back to the beginning. It's like, no, we, we scrub it and we start again because what we're doing is not working. It's not yes. working. Yes. Um, so, I mean, the harder thing is, and this is, again, I think when we talk about these things, it's important to recognize we're not talking of this as like a quick fix for you ain't. No, no it's not. It's, just, it's just no. what you can stop. Do, it, it, it's like saying just because you've always done it, it seems to be the way forward. It's like, no, if we stop doing it, eventually that will, you know, if you stop digging a hole, it doesn't get any deeper. You can start to work a better way to climb out of it. Or, you know. Um, yeah. There's another video I want to share right now. And it might have gone on to something slightly differently, but it kind of builds on where we're discussing, like, change. And I want to stress the difference between change and meaningful change. Because too often you get the knee jerk or what we call the token change. The token, yeah, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. We'll change our way. Like Rochester two years ago, and fuck me for doing the same shit again with a nine-year-old girl. Um, but NYPD recently put out an edict, and they banned like uh, the Albion out of chokeholds. They banned pinning someone down. They banned all this stuff. Now we know why because it was on the back of um, yeah, right. George Floyd. Yeah, exactly, Mr. Floyd. Um, but. I think, again, rather than look at the nuances of a situation or put some thought into the training, or it's like, right now, fuck it, ban it, ban the lot. Yeah. You end up with problems. And I'm going to play a video. Now, Simon, you may or may not have seen this. Um, anyone watching this at home again, it's not pleasant to watch. It's not as harrowing as the first one, but it's no less impactive with regards to the visuals. It's not a pleasant experience. So I'm going to bring this up on my screen. Jay, while you're bringing that up, I, I wanted to say with, with addition to the hiring practice, uh-huh. mental health for law enforcement. Boom. 
those are my two things that I've been that I'm preaching. I just wrote an article on it, and hopefully to get it to get into you know published. But I just wrote mental health and hiring. But mental health, I think, and I've been saying this for years. I think if you're a first responder, you should be going to check in, just like how you take your car for a checkup or a tune-up. I think you should be going in every other year. I'll give you every every two years going in for a tune-up with my shrink. I'm going to the mechanic. So it, I can it's funny you say that. Um, yeah. Because after the video, there's something out because when you look at law enforcement and fire, you've got county, statewide, municipalities. Mm-hmm. EMS, majority private-run business. With PTSD, mm. there there's you have PTSD for fire and police. Oh yeah. But when it comes to EMS, especially private EMS, they don't want to acknowledge it because at that point, if you say, okay, we're gonna acknowledge PTSD, well, we gotta pay for it. Yeah. That's right. You fucking should. Yeah, right. Exactly. But that's the thing, they don't want to acknowledge it because they don't want to pay for it. Because it, it's it, it's it's not something that's gonna be cured. Yeah. So you're 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 paying a constant bill to take care of this person's mental health which again because of the job should be done but mm-hmm. private is not going to do it because you're cutting into their profit right one of the, one of the things that pps my last service st- did well certainly towards the end they were introducing something called early intervention and the idea was like certain calls were what they call trigger calls so like shootings you know death calls or whatever it happened to be it's almost like a hierarchy like you get for want of a better description, you get so many points for whatever types of calls you've got. The idea was it would identify the necessity to do early counseling, talking, chatting. So if you like, say you go on a shooting call, that should be self-evident. But if say you go to a death call when it's a child involved, they would say, are you okay? Can you chat to someone? Can you need an extra few days? So they identify early on the potential triggers for a traumatic episode. Um, and it doesn't, sometimes it can be one, but as often as not, and this is why it's important to know who's doing what and when they're doing it, you get accumulation. Because, and I've said, I think we said this on our last call as well, D, that one, it, you'll see it's like, you know, guy says, guy jaywalking gets stroked out by that cop. And it's like, wow, yeah. that's a fucking asshole. No, that was his 20th call that day. He's dealt with a shoot, he's dealt with a death, he's dealt with a stab, he's dealt with a whatever, and he's just at his absolute fucking limit. And the one that pushes him over the edge isn't even that big of a deal when you look yeah. you did a microcosm. When you look yeah. at the macrocosmic thing that's gone on behind, and again, I'm not excusing the fact he stroked out the guy Jay Walker, but it's like that could have been that final straw. If you only have the ability to remove them, to say, well, okay, you, you're kind of done for the day, go and do your hour in the canteen, go and play a video game, go and read a book, and then come back out once you whatever it happens to be that you could do even there and then. Not, I'm not even talking large-scale counsel, like just take a breath, just have a fucking hour off, whatever it happens to be, you know? But with that being said, I want to get onto this next video and play this, because these, dude, we could go on all day doing this, guys. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it, it's, and I'm a guarantee we'll do this again. I, I see yes, the, the Guardian yeah. being a thing. A big okay. system problem, absolutely. Yeah, but I want to play this because this speaks to something we're talking about. And again, that idea I had of change versus meaningful change. So this arrest is subsequent to the edicts from NYPD. that You're not allowed to pin, you're not allowed to grapple, you're not allowed to... Rest- none of that shit's allowed anymore because... And what the hell are you supposed to do? Well, I'll show you exactly what they think they're supposed to do. 
This is an arrest. Was this the one from earlier? Hang on. There we go. Oh, oh wow. Okay, so another one walks by. He's sixing his dog on him. I'm going to lose my shit. Oh, there's two dogs. Two dogs. <laughs> oh, my God. What's interesting, well, not interesting. Come on a minute. So I'm just going to pull it back to this bit. All right. I mean, have you seen that before, Dave? Yeah, I thought I, I, I saw a part of it. I don't, I don't think I saw all of it. Yeah. Now, I'm, I'm pulling it back to this bit. I'll, we'll go right back to the beginning. So obviously we got a non-cooperative subject here because there's a four-man dog pile. Yeah. You're banned from pinning him. You're banned from restraining him. And you're told you need to get him under control. Now, in no way am I necessarily excusing <laughs> any of this. But what else are you let them do? You, you, you know what I'm saying? When you watch now, I mean, they're literally trying. I'll just turn the volume down a second. If you want. So they're getting a limb. You can go to the store. Yeah, they're the arms. Someone's grabbing the legs. They're doing everything to avoid putting any weight on his neck, on his body. They're avoiding it. So they're adhering to what their policy is telling them to do. I can't excuse the behavior, but in the true Chris Rock fashion, but I understand. You, you know what I'm saying? It's like, because that, 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 I mean, you can tell the way they're trying to move him. There's not a single bit of pressure applied to the body. It's all on the arm. It's all, and they're, they're trying to shovel him around. And it's like, this is what happens when management get a half assed political idea in their head. And rather than say, you know what? There, we've got issues. There are things going on that we need to pay attention to. We're going to do a review. We're going to fix things and make it better, but we're going to make sure it doesn't make it worse. Because right now, that looked worse to me. I don't know. What's your thoughts? <laughs> Absolutely. I'm like looking at this. I'm wondering, did he give birth to twins after this? Uh... <laughs> he had so many phalluses in his face yep. on his body um look this is a classic example like you were just alluding to to people that are sitting in the high tower 
that have never done anything physical or had to restrain somebody probably in their lives. Mm -hmm. uh, somebody that's uncooperative and not going with the program. There is no possible way. I'm, you're going to injure this person more with the shenanigans that they were doing, in my opinion. Um, they did something like that here in California, too. So we, we, we can no longer use anything like associated with the, uh, with the carotid restraint. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, they, they called it a choke, but whatever. Um, so we can't do that either. And I thought it was a terrible idea. Whoever's advising the governors and the people that are making those type of decisions, they need to just get some more, uh, uh, some more advisors that are, or add in some advisors that are professionals and experts on use of force. Right, not just, and this is that what you were talking to earlier too, not just people that have sat in classroom all day. Yep. You know, you need people that have actually uh, got their hands dirty and actually did some of the job so that they can give you a different account, a different account and a different feel. There's a difference. There's a big difference between just pontificating on what you learned and had an extensive study on the classroom and actually going out there and applying it. Things are fluid and they move and they change at, at in an instant. So that's my view on it. That yeah, I'll go with that. Um, I would qualify it still further in that you have to. There's a tendency in uh, the intentions were good, as far as I can tell. Um, I'm sure there was a little bit of um, slightly cynical marketing involved in it too, as well. But every academy in the known universe was offering free training for police, free training for police, free training for police. And I was like, whoa, fuck no. No, 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 no. You have to have context in your training. If I'm training for a jiu-jitsu match, I don't want a striking coach. If I'm training for Muay Thai, I don't want a jiu-jitsu coach. If I'm training for police, I don't want a martial arts coach. I'm not saying there's no crossover or benefit you can get from having those disciplines involved. But you need context. In your doing jiu-jitsu, if you're doing Muay Thai, if you're doing Kali, whatever the hell it is you're doing, you're assuming you're already fighting. What happened? And that's like 10%. Where's the 90% that supports and underpins that? Because you can't just say, yeah, we do that too. Here's how you fight. No, this has to be synthesized. You have to blend this shit. You have to be able to go up, come down, start in the middle, go to the end, back to the beginning, all in a space of two minutes. You can't just take an hour, lick it, slap it on police and say you've solved the problem. It does not work that way. Well, Jay, and it's it's like you and I when we we've, we've done our our, uh, our episode before. If you're going to you're going to bring somebody in to teach you, like you said, jujitsu, muay thai, whatever. You they better be able to sit there and say, well, if you apply this or if you strike this, you better know the ramifications of what you're doing because I'm I'm a, I can teach you a chokehold all day, but you better know there are consequences with it. Yeah. You know, you could cut somebody's, you know, crush their windpipe. You could, you know, knock them unconscious. There are, you know, possible medical issues afterwards. So you, if you're going to do this, if, you, if you're going, you, you better be a hundred percent sure that you are in the right situation to use that tactic. But how is the easiest thing in the world to give someone? It's the, when the were the, 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 the why, why that, that they struggle with, you know, um, 
we're coming to almost an hour and 20 now. Um, <laughs> I'm loving wow. it. We need to do it again. I'm sure Simon will give us a thumbs up if he agrees with that. Um, <laughs> um, so we'll round up today because I can see us revisiting this. Maybe in a couple of weeks, we'll give it some time to breathe. Uh, <laughs> um, but, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, so we can get more footage. Give it a few weeks so we can get yeah, more exactly. footage. Someone will, fuck, someone will fuck up Royal again in the next two weeks. We'll have something else to talk about. Um, I suggested it before, and I still want us to all do it together we put something together because I think never has there been a better time for it. Never has there been yeah. a better time for it. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I tend to lead things. I think it's, you know, my, my thoughts and things are clear. So I'm, I'm going to give some, some part and thoughts from the guys. So, so Rich, give us your, your thoughts on what we've done today uh, before we get to the next one. Um, what, what's your thoughts, your feelings? What's, where do we start with our base? Where do we go from here? I would say three of us need to probably do another conference, sit down, and but before that, come up with our own checklist, our own idea of what we want to discuss and what we think could mesh together from the three of us. Nice. You know what I'm saying? Um, basically, I was, I, like I'll, uh, I'll be honest, I was thinking even slightly broader than that about you know, more of a side of like cult that like. We have to, things have to change in a societal point of view. We know what we're going to do going forward, the three of us. I think we got a good plan. Yeah. And we certainly got the idea of like, we, we need to get our, our fucking poop in a group for this. The, yeah. the societal thing, I know it's broad, but it's, it's one of those things that you, you start small. Like, you know, like he said, you know, with the Black Lives Matter movement, it's a movement that made people listen, it, it made people look and take a hard look at what's going on. What, how do we change? You, you have to start another movement like that. You, you have to start another movement that's kind of broad, looking at the whole spectrum because what we're doing can't continue. Do you think like an uh, independent review body then? Do you think something like yeah. that would be, you know, way to go? And it's, it's one of those things. Me, I am, and I don't know how you and D feel, but I, Personally, like when when I hear this, they want a civilian oversight board of police. I'm kind of like, it, it goes back to like, if you haven't been there to do that, uh -huh. you can't really judge yeah. me on the job I did. You know what I'm saying? If you have never done that job. But I do like the idea of having a civilian representation on said board. Yes. Yes. It's a set of eyes that we sometimes forget exist. Yes. But again, it goes to the one of those things. It's like if you have if you have five people as a board that have never done the job, yeah. you're always going to be in the raw. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So again, the the law enforcement and the civilian side have to come together and say, hey. Let's sit down. Let's have a conversation about what can we do to promote this better, to to show the community that hey, we're we're trying to learn. It's not going to be immediate, but we are trying to be better on how we encounter and how we handle these things when we come up to you. Nice, because when it comes down to it, um, if, if you do something on as a police officer or 
or uh, EMS or fire or something like that, it may not, it may not hurt you, but it may sit there and somebody sees you whipping somebody's ass on video. It, it may not come back to you, it may not hurt you in that way, but you may have that person who's not exactly hundred percent up there say, Oh, you know, next time I see a cop, I'm, I'm, I'm kicking his ass. I'm stabbing him. I'm shooting him. Yep. You know, that fire, that fire department guy, that firefighter, that, you know, paramedic, somebody, they get mistaken for a police officer. Guess what? You're, you're, you're paying for somebody else's mistake. And that's and that, a lot that, of this. And that's, I love that thought. That's an idea of paying it forward. I'm not being nice to you for you. I'm being nice to you for the next cop that's going to kill with you. You know? Dean, what you got, bro? Ah, uh, I say um, from a first responder standpoint, uh, first thing to that we need to take a look at is our hiring practices. Yes. Uh, take a really hard look at our hiring practices and hire the right people. And I would even say, I would venture to say that the way that community can be even more uh, beneficial to us is when we have these group thinks, the community, like I said before, since we are them and they are us, the community is a part of that criteria that we build for what do we want in our officers and our first responders, like what type of first responder do we want? And then that's what we hire. Mm. You know, and that's what we go from, you know what I'm saying, for the most part, right? And so that's- you know, it's, that's it's, a, it's a put asses in seats world right now. Yeah, and that's the thing now. So everybody's starving now because, and this is one of the, and this is one of the downfalls of the, the, because it wasn't just BLM, but of that movement is now we have a body drain for law enforcement, yes. first responder jobs, and now crime, serious crime, especially property crimes, that that stuff has like skyrocketed. So now crime is because the shitheads don't care. They're like, great. This is like, the wolves are like, cool. All these sheep are here so that we can slaughter, right? So there was, the, there was a backlash to that because we still have to get out there and let people understand that these are notable positions. These are, these are positions of honor and privilege and, and, and they're still good positions, man. They're still good jobs and we need you. And guess what, fucker? If you want change, join the fuck up. Be the change. Be the change, exactly. right? So I'm not, I'm, I am I am not for this fuck all, you know, first responders, nobody, the fuck all. No, dude, if you never join up, then guess what? It's going to always be the same because you're going to always have the same people. So mm -hmm. join up so that you can help elicit the change and push that threshold. So my thing goes back to the to the hiring, man, and, the, and, and on the mental health side for sure. I think for law enforcement and just first responders, period, there should be not a, sh uh, not a may, but a shall. You shall go and receive a tune-up from a mental health professional that works, that's specific for, for first responders. You shall go to them every other year for a checkup, for a tune-up. And that will, because we get jaded, man. Like, you know this profession. You, we all know, like, over time, come on, man. <laughs> you, 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 your mind starts playing tricks on you, man. Like <laughs> ninjas like, behind every bus stop, you know. Yeah, right, well, right. and that, and and we also we we have to work towards 
doing away with the stigma of seeking mental health yeah. in our profession because it's like you know you get people like oh you got to go see a psych what's what's wrong with you, you know you weak you know it's that was sometimes you just want to talk stuff out that was such a frustrating thing when it was that pushback against that that toxic masculine masculinity that was exactly what it was advocating for you know you know it's all right to cry it's all right to stress out it's all right to seek help but the pushback came out so you're saying all men are bad like, no what no no fuckers saying that you stupid prick Anyway, I digress. So I'm going to fin- I'm going to finish off with my thought now, and then I'm actually going to do a little bit of a bonus one. I'm going to bring Simon on because Simon's been watching from the uh, the sidelines of conversation. He hasn't done what we do. He's a civilian set of eyes, and I'd be interested in getting his take on on a few things as well. I'll have my, I can't, first off both of what you said, mwah, love it, absolutely one hundred percent spot on, and that's why the three of us are coming together and going to make some beautiful babies. Okay, <laughs> but if you. <laughs> But my thing as well, and the thing I'd like to add to what you guys are doing, not instead of, not a superior to, but add to it. Each officer, each person that puts that uniform on has to take responsibility for their own professionalism, their own development, their own training, and they have to own that shit themselves. You can't hide behind a department. You can't hide behind policy. It's right or it's wrong. You know the difference between right and fucking wrong. Because it's in a rule that doesn't make it right. You have to take responsibility for your own behavior, your own conduct, and you can't allow that pressure, that rush, the crusty old piss and vinegar motherfucker that's actually shouting at you, purpose for that nine-year-old. You can't let that dictate you. You have to adhere to your own moral center. Because if you don't, you ain't got shit. You ain't got shit. Simon, thoughts, even if it's just, yeah, that was cool, guys. I can't wait for the next one. Hi, guys. I'm in. Right, thank you so much. So first off, thank you for the three of you for being the people who want to make a difference. That's what we need. Now, I did a post earlier, um, and it was after the uh, George Floyd incident. People taking the knee. Now, I was watching Formula One, and some of the drivers were taking the knee, and some weren't. And Lewis Hamilton, Formula One world champion, was asked a question. And he said back to the white interviewer, how often do you think about being white? And the interviewer said, I don't. And he said, well, there you are. So the governors, the police chiefs, are they predominantly white? Do they even see a problem? And secondly, that's something that Dee touched on. There has to be a change. Does it come from the people? We have to keep pushing. Does there have to be another movement? So right at the top, they're either not seeing a problem or refuse to see a problem because they're covering their own job. So if they're not seeing the problem, we'll see it and we'll push you out. Thoughts? I agree. Yeah, I, I, 100%. I agree. I th- if the people aren't seeing the change that they would like to see with first responders, with law enforcement in particular, the, what, what I'm, from, where I'm, from where I'm speaking from, then... Yep, you need that needs that the the people need to take it to them and be like, you look, this is what we're looking for, and this is that. And it, yep, I agree. Yes. Yes. I, I agree with that, but I also want to touch on in you know the like Jay was saying earlier, you know, when you put on a uniform, you take responsibility for what you do, you know, doing your job. But also in that that same breath. Civilian, the civilian side, you, you got to start taking responsibility for what you do. You know, the truth of that too. Yeah. It, 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 mm-hmm. If if you've been busted 
five times for breaking and entering. <laughs> That's not our fault, man. <laughs> it, it, you know, right. it's like, you know, it's like I, I have, I, I honestly, I have, uh, I have a patient. Well, it's not a patient. This woman abuses the system. And when I say abuses the system, I work every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, 5 a.m., 7 p.m. Okay. I hear every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, the call to go out and pick her up from the hospital to take her home. She comes in five times a week to the varying three hospitals around Atlanta because one, one will get tired of her shit every couple of days and then she has to go to the other one. She's like, well, you know, people don't want to come get me. I'm like, because you're, it's your fault. It's not mine. You're supposed to go to dialysis. No, what do you do? You wait till you have fluid overload. You call 911 to come pick you up and take you to the hospital each, every other day. That's not our fault. That's yours. You, you have to take some responsibility for what you do, you know? So don't, don't get pissed when I tell you every time, like, this is the third time we've had to pick you up. You know, the unit that picked you up could have been responding to the gunshot wound. No, another unit that's, you know, 30 minutes away has to come do that now. You know, so you put somebody's life in danger for that. So if you're if you're on that side and you're 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 getting arrested, you're you're drunk driving your DUI three, four times. You have to take responsibility for it too. Don't just sit there and make well. You know you should you know be able to accept the fact that you know I drink and drive. No, the fuck I shouldn't. Yeah. You know, again, yeah. you know it it it, it gets me sometimes because I go up on a rant like that. But it's like, you know, everybody's like, well, first responders, law enforcement, you guys need to take responsibility. I'm like, so does the public. Mm. Personal responsibility. What a concept, Rich. Yeah, <laughs> I, you know, that that is the big because I, I tell my people and that's this piggybacks off that answer too. like, I expect us if, if you're wearing a uniform and you got a badge on or you have a, you carry that with you. I expect you to be above the fray. Mm -hmm. I, I expect you a certain level, but there but on the flip side, what you were just saying, uh, yeah, dude, you got a fucking responsibility too not to be a shithead. Just. It, mm -hmm. it goes both ways. So I expect us, I, I, I hold us in the same likes as a pilot, as a priest, as a, you fuckers better be on point, right? Like I'm not going to you uh, preacher or you pilot. I don't want a half-ass pilot or priest or like, or fucking a uh, soldier. Like, nah, dude, I, I'm holding you above the fray. So yes, mm -hmm. we should be held to a different center. But like you just said, yeah, public, you got to fucking pull your pants up, too, though. Like, don't yeah. put everything on us. We're going to do our, we're pushing to do our part. And you should push us. But guess what? We're going to push you to do yours. Nice. So, if, you, if, you got a, if you got a problem with your kid, you know, running away, do something about it. You know, if they're, if they're sitting there smoking, you know, dope in your house, do something about it. Nice. Awesome. Simon, you had a point? No, I'm just absolutely, absolutely agree. So, I mean, if we can raise the standard of the police, so let's go district of police, then they've got an, an even bigger case to kick back at the public. Uh -huh. Awesome. Guys, yeah. 
thank you. Thank you for taking time out your day to do this. Um, well, this was awesome, man. I enjoyed it. Yeah. This was good. This was so good. Thank um, you. We're, we're aiming to do this again. I'll, I'll go two weeks-ish because you know what my timekeeping is like? <laughs> right. <laughs> it's not always the best. Um, but it's an, always a pleasure. I get so much out of our conversations. I get so much out of the group thing. Um, it, it, it's, it's, it, it actually warms my heart. It gives me genuine joy to do this. So thank you once again for doing it. I'll, I'll do the cut of this. We'll release it out. Mm. Let's make let's make some waves and make some changes, boys. Absolutely. Absolutely.